everybody. My name is Tim Cook. I'm an intern here at Halifax Christian Church. I'm here with my wife, Karen. My mom's here today. And my kids are downstairs, Maddie and Susie. Uh, Karen and I are planting a church in Dartmouth called the Crossing Christian Church. It's going to be a Dartmouth Crossing. Uh, I'm also a student at Maritime Christian College. And I was there a couple weeks ago. And one of the speakers said that you will reach your prime as a preacher after about seven years. So I was thinking about that. In seven years, I'll probably be thinking about retirement. So I better make this one uh, really good. Uh, so it's just an honor and a privilege to be here this morning to preach to you the Word of God. And uh, thank you for that. Has there ever been a time in your life when you think that you're missing something? I can tell you that there has for me. I was blessed with great corporate IT jobs and made all kinds of money and had all kinds of things that went with it. The vacations, the cars, the boats, the cottages, all those things. But deep down inside me, there was always something missing. We're going to watch a video clip here in a second. And it's from a movie called The Family Man. And Nicolas Cage has just been visited by an angel. And he's got an opportunity to see an alternate lifestyle of what it would be like to be a family man. But he is missing something. See if you can pick that. So he wants to be envied. He's missing something. There's also a guy in the book of Luke who's missing something. I'm going to start with uh, chapter 1 in the book of Luke so we can get a feel for what the book of Luke is all about. Chapter 1, 1 to 4. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you've been taught. Well, Luke was a second-generation Christian. He hung around with Paul, and Paul actually was an eyewitness to the resurrection. And here he is, he's speaking to the most excellent Theophilus. Well, most excellent is a term that gets used in the Bible two other places. In the book of Acts, and it's when we're calling two different governors, one is Felix and one is Festus, most excellent. So you have to imagine that he's speaking to this prominent, most excellent Theophilus, who is most likely wealthy and really an up-and-coming guy, if you will. But you also have to imagine that he's speaking to those that don't know anything about Jesus. So the overall theme of the book of Luke really is that Jesus is the promised one. And that by believing in him and following his commands, we'll be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, with regards to one of these commands... One of the key areas that Luke emphasizes in his book is all around wealth and how wealth can become just a seed, that, just something that overcomes the seed of the gospel. And you end up missing something. Well, this something is very important, so let's dig in in Luke 18, 18 to 30 to see what the answer is. There's an influential young businessman. We know he's rich because the text tells us he's rich. So before you all start running out the door thinking that this is all for rich people, because most of us would run out the door if that was the case, that isn't the case. If you think about rich, rich is just 
somebody that has a little bit more money than us. And further to that, in Canada, we're all rich. So bear with me. We know that he's young because the Gospel of Mark tells us that he's young. And we know that he's most likely a leader in the church. He's probably a ruler in the synagogue because he knows the commandments. And we're going to see that as we go along in the text. So this rich, young leader, he asked Jesus, he's asking him, what do I need in order to obtain eternal life? So in verse 18, and a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. Well, the rich young ruler, he's not trying to trap Jesus like the Pharisees did. He's actually on his knees. He's coachable, if you will. He's humble. And he's asking probably the best question he could ever ask. What do I need to do to get eternal life? Before Jesus can answer this question, he's not going to let the second part of that question go unchallenged. It seems like Jesus is saying, who do you say I am? So Jesus wants this rich young ruler to understand that he is God before he answers the question. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus was sent to earth was absolutely perfect and was crucified on the cross for our sins. Moving along, moving along to the book of John, John 8, 28. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I am doing nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. So Jesus is always speaking the truth because he's a representative of God. In fact, he is God. So the rich young ruler, he better listen up. Now this, this guy, he doesn't sound like a bad guy. He was humble. He was bowing before Jesus. He was influential. He was spiritually sensitive. And in verse 20, Jesus says to him, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And the ruler says, No problem. I've kept all these. I'm blameless. I'm walking around blameless. But notice that these commandments are the commandments that have to do with people dealing with other people. So, a lot of us do that. Today, we walk around, we go to church, maybe we give some offering, we read the Bible once in a while. We're blameless. It's not the case. Because in verse 22, Jesus points out the character flaw. One thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Sell everything I have and give it to the poor. Yeah, that touched a nerve for the ruler as well. In verse 23, But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. 
Maybe he loves his money more than he loves God. All these good things that he's doing, he's keeping these commandments, and yet he's still not going to have eternal life. Well, Jesus saw that the ruler had become so sad, and in verse 24 to 25 he says, How difficult it is, how difficult is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. This big camel, probably the biggest thing in Palestine, going through a tiny little eye of a needle. It's a hyperbole that Jesus is using. He's saying this is impossible for man. But hang on. In verse 26 to 27, those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Because of God's power and his grace and repenting and following Jesus, even this rich young ruler can have his heart changed. Jesus is not saying that we have to empty our bank accounts in order to follow him. If you keep reading in the book of Luke, you'll see in, in chapter 19, Zacchaeus is asked to give up half of his wealth. And the faithful servants are actually asked to invest their money wisely. So that's not what we're talking about here. But could there be things in our lives that we're holding back? Obstacles that we have in our lives that are keeping us from fully submitting our lives to Jesus. Maybe it's your reputation in the business world or at work. Maybe it's our pride. Maybe it's a family issue. Maybe we just can't get over ourselves. Is there one or two things that are just keeping us from fully submitting our lives to Jesus? Every disciple is called to follow Jesus. In fact, the mission here in Halifax Christian is love God, love people, serve the world. So here comes the answer. It's in 28.30. And Peter said, See, we've left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there is no one that has left his host or his wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this same time and in the age to come eternal life. Jesus is not encouraging us to abandon our family obligations. He's simply answering Peter straight up. Because Peter had done exactly that. Peter had left everything to follow Jesus. But what we are called to do is to obey the commands. And the rewards are incredible. The rewards are incredibly great. In fact, in the Gospel of Mark, it says we're going to get a hundred times the rewards. And I'm not talking about money talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Things like goodness, patience, love, kindness, self-control. All this fruit. Maybe that's what the rich, sorry, maybe that's what Nicolas Cage was missing in the video clip. But that's not everything. We also get a family of brothers and sisters in Christ that help people move like we did yesterday. 
and the joy that comes from helping. But that's not it either. We have a choice between heaven and the alternative is hell. And so we're given this gift of eternal life. This is something that Karen and I are extremely passionate about. And that's why we're planting the Crossing Christian Church in Dartmouth Crossing. Uh, we've started already. We're meeting in our homes. We eat together. Uh, we watch DVDs sometimes together. Uh, we pray. We study the Bible together. We serve in the community. We're part of Operation Christmas Child. We serve the business community. And we serve families. We serve people with addictions. And right now, uh, we're, we're planting this church. In, and I said we're meeting in our homes. By next October, we're going to meet in the movie theater. And Sunday morning is just going to be a celebration of what's already going on throughout the week. It's meant to be a church planting church right from the start. So we're not just planting one location, but we want to be part of a swell that goes right across HRM, a swell of God's word that just goes across, working together with Halifax Christian and the other churches in HRM. That's, that's what we vision. Uh, so we ask for your prayers, that that core team grows, the core team that we have grows, the core team of people that love Jesus and want to go tell people and others about Jesus. So as the praise team comes to lead us in worship. If you're here today and you're going, yeah, I am missing something, I'm going to be hanging around at the Welcome Center at the back, the banner at the back after the service, and I'd be happy to get you connected with one of the pastors here that can help you. If you already know that you're missing something, and you found it, but there's just obstacles maybe that are keeping you from fully following Jesus, maybe just Give that some thought during this next song. Think about how you could remove those obstacles. Please bow with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this opportunity this morning to come together and to worship you here. Uh, just freely to worship you here. And thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ that we support one another and care for one another. We thank you for this fruit, Father this fruit of the Spirit, just this peace that we have, all thanks to you. Father, we thank you for your Son who died for our sins. We pray all this in your Son's precious name.